This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. And welcome to yet another episode of All the World's a Cage, the podcast that delves deep into Nicolas Cage's statesman-like filmography, one movie at a time. But this isn't just a podcast, folks. It's a pledge of allegiance to the flag, namely the American one, which appears around 15 times in this movie. To the mid-apocalyptic United States of America and the irradiated station wagons from sea to shining sea. And to New Eden, which I'm sure is totally fine, and everybody's happy all the time, always. So grab a glass of your own piss and join us. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We watched the 2018 dystopian science fiction film, The Humanity Bureau, starring Nicolas Cage as Agent Noah Cross, because of course he is. I'm your co-host, Josh. I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your co-host, Sean. So... I have two questions to begin this week, but I would like to begin with just the standard one. Had you guys seen this movie before? Yeah, I I saw it when it came out on DVD. Really? Yeah. This was shortly, it was like 2016 or just, no, it was uh, was 17. Yeah, I think 2017. 17. Um, But I remember just because it was like shortly after President Trump had, uh, (laughs) shortly after that, and it was very obvious that this movie had a lot to say about that. This movie had a lot to say about a lot of things, I feel like. (laughs) Jeff? It sure did, and it said them in frustratingly obvious ways. Uh, (laughs) No, I I had not seen this movie before. I do real quick want to point out, I I just love that you have, like, not seen The Rock and not seen Gone in 60 Seconds, (laughs) which I hadn't either. But you've seen all of these. (laughs) Like, we do Inconceivable, and you're just like, yep, saw that one. The Humanity Bureau. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rented that one straight off, ready to go. Um, yeah. I mean, it, so the thing is, I would go to the mm-hmm. video warehouse, and every time you see the new releases, RIP, you would just grab it. And Nick Cage, in the new release, you, uh, I, it's coming home with me. Yeah, he's probably in there a lot lately. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he's putting, he's putting them, pumping them out. He's pumping them out, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah, I, um... I also had not seen this movie before. Sean had recommended it a couple of times. So I kind of had a, a hunch that you had seen this before. And you are smiling <laughs> yeah. right now. So thank you for putting us through this yeah. one. <laughs> hey, you knock out the bad ones real quick, you know? Like, um, yeah. Rapid yeah. fire. You know, if we just like if we just hoard all the good ones, we'll have like a long snowball mm-hmm. effect of like just great cages we'll have to we'll have to trudge <laughs> through that just desert that irradiated midwestern desert <laughs> yeah. oh, man. uh so my yeah. second question is how far into this movie the first time for you sean but how, how far into this movie did it take you before you went i bet new eden is just killing people yeah it was the it was after the f- first or second person said i keep telling them to write me <laughs> there's nobody replying and it's like oh man hmm. yeah duh for, yeah for me it was like the first time they said new eden i was like i bet that's killing people 
And then when I heard them yeah. say what you said, Sean, I was like, that's killing people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me see. I'm consulting my notes here, and it looks like the third thing that I wrote down was, what truth? I will drink my own piss if they're not secretly killing these people. <laughs> and that's uh, luckily a bet you didn't have to like ever worry about drinking your own pee on. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. If I really, if I, if I was truly brave, I would have texted that to you guys. Like, oh, I should have had more faith in yourself, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's like remembering seeing this movie a couple of years ago, but. I remembered it being better. Mm-hmm. Like just maybe just time over time, I thought more things happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot really happens. Yeah. But yeah, so like in the end, like when the you know Nick Cage dying, I, I kind of like was a little shocked when that happened. Me too. Um, mm-hmm. They both get both get shot, but in my mind, I was remembering like like a bunch of dudes. It wasn't just one sniper. Like on a hilltop, it was like a bunch of dudes in ghillie suits, and I'm like, "What? No, none of the... Oh man, I I maybe watched too many movies, and they're just blending together. Or maybe you just have an active, fertile imagination that you were like, you know, what would be sick here? Mm-hmm. You know, it would be cool instead of lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, or I was just really trying to think, like maybe. It was better than I thought, and I mean, I didn't want to believe the the bleak reality, which is there is no um, new Eden, Sean. There's no mm-hmm. new Eden. I think this this feels like the kind of movie that you could like half watch, and be like, yeah, it was pretty. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it's when you actually sit down and do nothing else but watch it that you're like, oh shit, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's better if you're folding laundry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, speaking as someone that intentionally folded my laundry to King of the Hill and then started this movie afterwards, boy, I really wish I could have been <laughs> playing Animal Crossing or something. I, I kept, like, this was one of those ones for me. It was just, like, I kept, like, just fidgeting and, like, being like, uh, but... Uh, I know it's just it's bad it's mm-hmm. boring it's so weirdly paced and so like low stakes it feels like it's just so yeah. muddled in like the narrative that it's so hard to follow okay all right so if you haven't seen this movie before sorry my cat's stuck under my desk she's losing her shit okay she's out if you haven't seen this movie before it is set in the future I don't think we ever know exactly how far like 30 years or something and it's post-apocalypse in some vague way. Yeah, try ten years from the current. Is it really day, according to according to the IMDb blurb? Okay. What? The official blurb at the top of IMDb says that it's set in twenty thirty. Jesus, really? What? And we get those we get those cool hollow phones in ten years. Yep. Uh, well. Yeah, but we also get. Well, yeah, they they release like two iPhones a year, so. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't care. I'll eat some. I'll eat my neighbor for that. So it's set like post, um, basically societal breakdown, uh, and it's implied that it's in some way due to climate change. I think. And Nick Cage works for the Humanity Bureau, which is a group of agents who track people's productivity, and if you are not productive enough, you get sent to New Eden. 
which is implied to be like a new colony that America's working oh, on, a, but it's, isn't it's a paradise. it's a paradise. <laughs> it's immediately evident to yeah any any like casually watching viewer that it is just death. Like they just they just kill you because why why is that like the punishment? Like if you're not productive, you get to go to the cool new place. Anyway, we'll we'll get into that. So anyway, the the Nick Cage has a change of heart. Uh, when he meets a woman and her son and decides to go on the lam with them and try and escape to Canada. And um, they make it there. Nick Cage reveals the the whole conspiracy, which is that surprise New, uh, New Eden is just killing people. And uh, fucking dies. And then the kid escapes to Canada. And that's it. Yeah, I audibly cheered when he gets shot, Really? Way. <laughs> well, I just... It just something happened. Well, Yay. that just never happens in these kind of yeah. movies or really even like good movies either. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, directors and screenwriters are hesitant to kill their main <laughs> character. I don't understand. I it, know but. it's it's insane. It would be like, yeah, if at the end of Children of Men, Clive Owen had just gotten shot in the fucking head, it would be like it would be <laughs> such a shock. I was I mean, because it might be I the mean, first time he, we've he does get shot and it is presumed that he dies on that boat oh yeah you're right we can cut yeah that thank out. you <laughs> i don't think <laughs> yeah. i mean it is presumed he dies at we the should, end of that yeah we'll cut whatever that. i <laughs> yeah how many times are we gonna let the editing process allow us to save face i don't know i'm just <laughs> i only know that when I went into Children of Men the first time to see it in theaters, I went into the mm. wrong theater and watched the last 15 minutes of the movie. Wow. Whoops. And yeah, and I leaned I leaned over to my friend and was like, I think we're in the wrong movie. <laughs> and then credits start rolling. And I'm like, oh yep. shit. <laughs> that was fucking short. It was like right at the beginning of the movie, the baby is born. And I was like, that's not what I thought this movie was about. <laughs> Man, Clive Owen will just be in anything these days. Jesus. Uh, it was really um, cool. So I was surprised because I don't think we've ever seen Nick Cage die. Have we? Uh, uh, no, maybe not. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's definitely come mm -hmm. close and maybe it's implied like, you know, he he's like like in Raising Arizona where it's like he's like looking, having a dream of like when he's all old yeah. and shit. Yeah. So, I mean. They, those characters do die eventually. I well, mean, if that's the standard we're going by, then yes, I guess we have. But I mean, he's died in all of his movies. Eventually, they just they just yeah. they just hit the credits <laughs> yes. before that happened. Yeah, before shit got boring. I one thing I did like about this movie was that the Humanity Bureau was established by the Humanity Act, which was like mm -hmm. some very good legislative like double speak. You know, like when you see a bill that's yeah. called like the Patriot Act. It, well, yeah, the Patriot Act or like, yeah, the, the all time classic, the yeah, right to clean water for America's Children Act. It's like, OK, that takes water away from kids somehow like that <laughs> yeah. for sure gives like Nestle 100 percent rights to all school lunches or something terrible. Well, they even, <laughs> they even said it in the movie where he's like. Selling illegal or selling clean water without a permit or whatever is a felony offense or something. Yeah, it's a <laughs> and it's like, 
Oh, and then he takes his water back, and it's like you could have had free water, you dick. <laughs> it's imp- yeah, it's implied that like there's a huge water shortage. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, that's e- even even uh, the main character uh, whose name I've already forgotten because I care so little about yes. her, Rachel and her son Lucas. Like, even though they have been deemed unproductive members mm-hmm. of society by the Humanity Bureau. They have access to, like, they make him a glass of lemonade when he comes to do his mm-hmm. first yeah. inspection. And they're like, don't worry, we, we boiled it and filtered it. And it's like, what, the lemonade? Well, yeah. so. <laughs> and <laughs> presumably before they mix the country crock in, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And he says, the kid goes, we didn't want you dying at our table. And he goes, thank you. And then he puts the glass down without drinking it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then lets the child drink it. Yeah, he hands it to the kid. And that kid like <laughs> slams it too. Yeah. Oh my god. And then um okay, just like when when the kid's trying to put the bird back in the nest. I mean, just right after that. <sighs> There's a couple things I wanted to point out about that. But um <laughs> he falls through the roof, right? He falls. Yeah. Trip like trips off the roof and like collapses through one of the I guess boards. Yeah. And then He's like, you know, hits his head and he's got like a bloody nose. And then later on in the movie, he gets a bloody nose again. And it's just like, oh, it's okay. I get them all the time. And I was like, what? Since you fell through that roof? (laughs) Or like just in general. I get them all the time ever since I fell from the roof. Like (laughs) three days ago. Get that shit looked at, kid. Um, Um, Also, his shoes change. And they're like, oh, he he had to borrow that pair of che- bear, pair of shoes, and then in the literally next scene, he's wearing like these dope ass Timberlands, and I'm like, yeah. huh? I was like, those aren't those shoes. And then they then they also yeah. they keep making reference to like, be careful, don't wear those shoes out. And I was like, those shoes look like brand new, fresh out of yeah. the box like Timberlands. In the year twenty thirty, the government has declared Timberlands uncool. <laughs> Maybe oh, those are they like, will never. They would they never, never try. Do that. <laughs> I didn't really like another thing. I didn't like was the villain, whose name I don't remember. Agent something else. Adam Westinghouse. Agent oh, Westinghouse. Yeah. It's a great name. Adam Westinghouse. Uh, <laughs> I just kept thinking Bezos. <laughs> Yeah, he has a very Bezosian vibe to him. Yeah. Bezosian I imagine vibe. that's how Jeff Bezos like talks to his employees. For 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 the record, we we know how to say his name really. We just all collectively choose not to. Bezos. Okay, yeah, just making sure. Um, yeah, I I don't know. What did you guys think of the villain? His his antagonist. Um, all over the place. Like literally. All over the mm-hmm. place. Like, he just drives in an SUV, but yet he can miraculously be ahead of you or behind you, whatever yeah. it needs to be. I know. Uh, I was so. Um, it seemed yeah. like it would be more efficient to have, like, a helicopter, maybe. But, I mean, maybe gas is hard to come by. So you just have solar drones flying around. But only the military gets to fly those drones? I mean, in the future, doesn't everybody have the drones? Like, a neighbor down the street already has a drone. I'm just saying... That kid's 12. He's not like a secret military group of, of like ice like uh, Gestapo mm-hmm. men. I don't I don't get it. I just I didn't understand. Why didn't everybody have drones? Why? I mean, I get the GPS thing. Like, yeah, there's a GPS in your car. There's a GPS in your phone. Those are things you didn't have to wait 10 years in the future to have. 
We had those things it's like 10 I did, years ago. I do think that one conversation was super weird when he was like, zoom in. And then he had to explain like, oh, we can't. This is the military's feed. We don't have access to it. So, yeah, they they've dubbed this not a high enough priority. And I was just like, OK, so this is like a weird totalitarian government that has like multiple competing yeah. branches of like, oh, I get it. It's just like our government. Got I it. mean, yeah, I guess I get it. But. It's oh fun. shit! Wait. Oh whoa! whoa. Did that I mean, you get, are they painting a parallel picture <laughs> of what we live in now? Did something just dawn on you, Sean? Oh my god! I've seen this <laughs> twice, and now it's just. Oh my god! I feel and embarrassed. with a little bit of work, I finally understand. <laughs> oh my god! So much heavy lifting I just should have done. I guess. Oh. It's oh. good. It's a good thing that. Uh, the director put in those breadcrumbs for you to follow to arrive at the end. Uh, this oh they God. this movie oh, okay. it I think the biggest problem with it is just how hard it like holds your hand. You know what I mean? Like whenever a movie begins with a exposition montage of like a long time ago and tells you the story, or like mm -hmm. this movie when it begins by just like laying out facts, it is ten years in the future. America is bad now. The government has the Humanity Bureau, blah, blah, blah. I always try to just mentally remove it from the movie and see if the movie still makes sense without it. And it absolutely does. There's nothing confusing about it. Like, you pick up in the intro scene, it's the future, obviously, due to a bunch of fancy technology. It's things are bad. We're in America. Nick Cage works for the Humanity Bureau. They check people's productivity and send them somewhere else. Like, all of the information in that intro thing is in the first scene. So just like, don't hold our hand. And the kid's dialogue is, I think, the worst offender at this. Like, when, when he says to Nick Cage during their first conversation, but, but shouldn't people with more help people with less? I was like, oh my God, man, come on. Don't blame me, kid. I caucus for Bernie, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Which... Uh, yeah, I mean, when, when I was a kid, I remember going out fishing and, you know, that was nice. But now that there's no lakes anymore, like ever, any lakes, there are no more no lakes, lakes No America. lakes up there in Canada. There's no lakes. <laughs> there, well, there's no, there's nothing in Canada because it's a wasteland. It's a desert. It's a desert up in Canada. Yeah. I feel like that would be big news. But it turns out, uh, in case you haven't seen the movie, and uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that you probably haven't or mm. shouldn't if you're mm. considering it. Yeah, uh, it's not actually a wasteland in Canada. It's There's there's stuff up yeah, there. Yeah, it seems yeah. fun. Trees. Uh, and we, it's, oh. it's around the time we discover this that we get helped to the line uh, that uh, it, made me do a literal death roll in my bed. Like I spun yeah, around in frustration. It is the line. Do, that, do you, you, yeah, uh, I know exactly what you you're going to say, Why, but how could I disrespect you by asking if you knew no, the line? I I, I'll let you, about. I'll let you say it. I just wanted to say before you point that out, it, it feels like that is the line of dialogue that somebody had in their head and was like, I could write a movie about this. <laughs> yeah. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, what is it? Well, the, oh. the line, the line, of course, is, uh, well, why, you know, Nick Cage has a line where he's like, well, there's why there's no radiation here at all. And she goes, 
that's because it's easier to build fear than it is to build a wall. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, I literally like spun around in a frustrated rage and like got tangled up in my blankets. I'm uh, not even kidding. I was so pissed. Uh, um, and, and like memory served, I, I remember thinking, oh, that is just as stupid as this first time I heard it. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. It is. Like, that is, I mean, it's not that it's, like, not true. You could, like, yeah, make people be the other and then, like, you know, have have, have people hate each other. You don't need a wall to to do that. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, I know. Um... <laughs> I, I mean, th- this movie is just so heavy-handed in its approach to being a parable it's to our so times. Heavy-handed. And like in the special features on the DVD there's like a little blurb with with Nick where he he talks about how he was excited to to work with sci-fi again because he's <laughs> like sci-fi is sci-fi is one of the best ways to tell a story that has like a deeper meaning and it's like a, a genre that is like so rich in its ability to convey through symbolism, you know, these larger ideas. And I was like, wow, I super agree with you on that, Nick. Nick, honey. Mm-hmm. I agree with oh, the yeah. words you're saying. But also, did you read this fucking script? <laughs> like, it's not really trying to hide what it's saying at this, all. Yeah, this movie is not a metaphor. Like, it just is not. It's 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 a morality tale like a Victorian morality tale where they're like, the reason that lady died is because she was immoral. You know what I mean? Like it just tells you this is wrong and this is right. It's not on the, on the level of like, I don't know, like fucking 1984 or something or animal farm. It's, it's like, it's (laughs) this movie is like, if you just read the cliff notes to either of those, (laughs) That I feel like the cliff notes of 1984 was the script of this movie. Because there's no nuance. It's not nuance enough. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, like what if, what if I had a thing where it's like everybody else is fighting for clean water, but this guy's swimming in a pool, and then he's like, ah, you'd hate me if I told you how much it costs. It's like, dude, I would hate you regardless. <laughs> you like this, this, uh, this yeah. world that you've built. Makes you seem like a complete monster. Also, I'm your second, like, I'm like your right-hand man. I also see everything you do, and I'm complicit in this. I either, like, look up to you because of what you're doing, or I know what I'm doing is wrong, and I just do stick with you out of fear. But yeah, none of these are explored. Well, I, <laughs> no. I, okay, we, we, we should talk a little bit about this, because you, you asked what we thought of the villain, and yes. let me just quick say that it was absurd trying to take this guy seriously because the only role I've seen him in before is in the trailer park boys movie. Oh really? <laughs> wait. Yeah. For, wait. So wait for what? Oh, I got to Google this now. I, he's also, who he's also a musician. What? That's actually what he's first credited as on Wikipedia. He's like a, in a bunch of punk bands. The, like these two characters, I just c- couldn't understand what they were trying to do with them because he's like such a caricature of like a, a shitty villain. But then mm-hmm. there, there's these moments like, okay, when he 
gets the the guy in the elevator, you know, the guy who's a member of the resistance that we never really see. Mm-hmm. He at first he's like it, they set it up that he's like going to let him go. Like at the end, he's like, go like get out of here. I'm not going to kill you. Go yeah. back to your family. And yeah. then it's like, OK, well, his family's been killed already. Yes. So you're like, OK, so he's just an evil villain. Whatever. Got it. Got and it. then there's the scene with like the dropping of the glass eye. And I'm like, are, are they trying to make this character sympathetic in some way? Like, what well, is this doing? Okay, so, I mean, I really want to talk about that part really bad, just be, but it's a little off topic. Um, we'll come back to it. The, the, the dropping of the glass eye where it's just like, oh, I'll get it. Yeah. And he just like <laughs> lets the kid go. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I didn't think it was a sympathetic moment. I thought it was definitely played kind of to be like funny. And sure. I just, I mean, it was neither. But that's so out of place in the movie. It sure is. I wasn't sure sure if like when the kid was making fun of him for having a glass eye, I was like, this kid fucking sucks. That's a shitty thing to do. And then like his eye goes rolling away and then his second in command guy Porter gets it for him. And he very sincerely says, like, thank you, Porter. I was like, is this supposed to be funny or like? Well, and, and to be clear, that that is the moment that I'm talking about as being mm. like potentially humanizing him is that he like genuinely seems embarrassed. And like his lackey guy is like genuinely has a little moment where he's like connecting with him. And he's like, it's yeah, cool. You know, I've got this. But I don't know. It was. It was a weird scene. But then sometimes he acts super threatening to him or splashes him with water. Yeah, he like (laughs) he like implies that he'd be totally cool just drowning him. Yeah. And and there's like scenes when I kind of got the feeling where I was like, like the scene where they talk to, I guess, his superiors in front of all those crates of like uh, people's people. Yeah, like ashes that are (laughs) compacted into bricks. And they find like a, a also weird scene. Yeah. Yeah. They find like a, a, a kid's tooth in it and he looks at it and like looks at it for a long time. And then in the next scene, he says, like, we killed seven million people. We're on the wrong side of history. I was like, oh, we're going to have like a heel turn. He's going to. Oh, yeah. He's going to maybe let, let Nick line. go at the end. Right. Uh, I, I what I was predicting was there was going to be an ending in which like Porter and bad guy have Nick and the whole gang cornered and then the bad guy shoots Porter and lets Nick go. That's what I thought it was going to be, but that just isn't yeah. explored at all. He just switches back to fully evil the whole time. Well, yeah, it's like he's constantly like grabbing people as hostages yeah. and being like giving them a chance to surrender. So they kind of set it up that eventually he's going to have his mind changed. And then in the ultimate scene, he's just blasts her in the face. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, OK. I mean, cool, but also like not cool enough to like redeem this movie even a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the ending, the when they both got shot, I was blown away. But um, other than <laughs> so that, were they. <laughs> God, wow. God damn it. Got him. Send him up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just, sorry. No, you're good. I just I just want to point out like a uh, it was kind of like I guess a gaff, maybe. I don't even know if it was a gaff. It's just 
in the scene where he drops the glass eye, like right before that, kid's going to like drop a duke, right? Yeah. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go find a toilet." Where I'm like, "Dude, you're past like you're in a weird ra- irradiated wasteland." Yeah. Don't. You can poop anywhere. It doesn't matter. Just go <laughs> like, go over in the corner. Just like five feet from yeah. the car, it's fine. Don't go. Don't no, leave he, people's sight. God damn it. <sighs> yeah, but so he goes to this eerie bathroom. Yeah, of course he does. Um, which I mean, he was like given toilet paper, which I'm sure is a rare commodity in the future. <laughs> post-apocalyptic wasteland of the future but i digress um bad guy uh, adam kind of grabs him and like kind of starts drowning him nick cage comes looking for the child yeah and then is fired upon he turns around and is like oh shit okay i'm gonna like get the car and we're gonna like i'm gonna drive around and pick up the kid yeah dude was just drowning the child and then in the like he, that was the last thing Nick Cage saw. So it's like, yeah. I'm just going to run away. And then. And then just th- hope that the kid has gotten away. Yeah. And then the net, like just after that, the guy starts running with the child, which I was like, wait, you didn't kill the kid. I thought that was the whole point of drowning him. Oh, you just wanted to give him a swirly, I guess. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's kind of the sense that I got is he was just like being like, you you shot me in the eye. So I'm just yeah. going to be an extra dick. I to thought you. it was like I personal. Guess. He was like. Fuck this kid. I thought he was just going to murder the child. And then just, I guess, brings him with him. And then, like, pickpocket child just drops the eyeball down a vent and then jumps out to get it. And then luckily climbs out through a tube underneath and then gets away. Yeah. I just, it, yeah, and it he- blew my mind. That whole sequence of, like, shooting, I was like, did Nick Cage just leave that kid to just like bite? And it's 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 shot so slow and with such <laughs> wide long shots that it can't even obscure it with like quick editing. Like it is you watch the kid drop and then within arm's reach of this like highly trained government agent runs a few feet and then starts lazily climbing down into this little sewer thing and then runs off. And I'm like, why? And he, why is he not just grabbing him? And then at the end, when they're driving away, the Humanity Bureau people shoot at their station wagon twice. And then they're just like, oh, damn it. Like you have yeah. like fucking everybody has fully automatic guns. Put put 500 bullets into the car. And they yeah. all have cars, too. Yes. Uh, why couldn't they catch up to them? I, I know they're. <laughs> They're like, the oh, most- they do. In fact, they get ahead of them in the next scene. It's crazy. It's oh, my God. Well, actually, actually, they they go back to the Humanity Bureau headquarters, wherever that is. Oh, yeah. Which uh-huh. is apparently Sorry. a mobile base. And then oh. go back to where <laughs> Nick Cage is. Oh, no, no, no. Before that, too, they go back to the old farmhouse as well. I was just like, why does he keep going all over the place to, like, find out whether this lady is who she says she is? It's like. Just what go clues? kill them. Yeah. What clues like, do you need? Well, it's like they're just fugitives. They they act like they're getting a clue there. Yeah. You know, like he he discovers her real identity, and that's what allows him to fucking teleport to where they are and be like, "I found you." But how would finding out her real identity give him any information as to their location? They didn't plan this. There, there would be no evidence of it. Nick Cage case basically came and abducted them. Yeah, 
Like, they didn't have any choice in the matter. And they're driving straight north. It's not like... (laughs) They're going to Canada, like... God damn. You know where they're going. Uh, yeah, it's it's true, Jeff. That's a good point. It's like it's treated as if he is solving a mystery to catch them. But yeah. he doesn't ever solve it on his end. I mean, he, I guess he he figures out who she is, but he doesn't figure out the connection between them. We figure that out completely separate from that. So his yeah. his whole mystery could have been cut and we still would have got the whole Nick Cage is secretly the kid's father plot line and you still could have been over an hour you still would have been too long but we have <laughs> yeah they, they they had four minutes to give on this one <laughs> well there's your four <laughs> minutes right there mr director man i'm not gonna look up his name but um they... <laughs> well, that unconcerned <laughs> we've we've arrived at the point in the podcast where josh is just like ah fuck it fuck it whoever he I is don't i don't care Whoever made this fucking movie um <laughs> They, <laughs> he seemed like a nice guy. I watched some, you know, behind the scenes stuff with him. He he Aww. just seemed like a fun dad. Was it um, was it enough interesting stuff behind the scenes to remember his name? Because I didn't look it up. Uh, <laughs> it, I okay. I'm not scrolling up on the IMDb window that I have open. I think it is first name starts with an M. I want to say Max. <laughs> King is what the last name. What are we name. doing? Let what me just verify. Right is this a game we're now? Is this a... Si- nope. Uh, Rob King. Sorry. <laughs> is this... Not an M in sight. Wait. Middle initial is a Whoa. W. Oh. That's an upside what down M, folks. What is happening right now? Are we... Is this our podcast now? It's... No, it can't be. It can't possibly <laughs> be. Three, three guys who try to give you the gist. Three guys who just like... <laughs> I'm sorry, there's already a podcast well, called The Gist. And I, it I'm sorry. This. What are we supposed to talk about for this movie? What are we supposed to talk about? Uh, we've had episodes where we're just like, oh, uh, shit, we're like an hour and a half I in. And I there's still so I much know. more I want to talk about. And I'm just like, okay, here, I, I've got something for you guys. So we're in the scene where they have to rescue the son from, you know, the glass eye scenario. And I... <laughs> I just w- would be remiss if I, we did not talk about actress Sarah Lynn's really cool handling of a machine gun in the oh, scene. Uh, Do you guys know the shot that I'm talking uh, about? Well, is that in the the house or in her house? No, she... this is in the warehouse. Uh, no, this is this is in the uh, this is in the like industrial facility. That's, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it, bop, bop, yeah, bop, bop. she just like yeah. one handedly sprays off, like she like <laughs> overhand. <laughs> like sprays some p90 bullets like into the rafters it's like the funniest looking fucking thing and before i come off as too critical i actually thought that sarah Mm -hmm. lind was pretty good in this movie like out of you know a lot of critiques that i have with this film her performance isn't really one of Mm -hmm. them and like look I, i i wouldn't know how to make it convincingly look like i'm firing a submachine gun to provide some suppressing fire, but it's the director's job to look at that take and go, no, I don't think we got that one. I think, yeah, I think we want to try that one again, but someone just like, you know, watch that back on the monitor and was like, <laughs> that's a wrap. Got it. We got that one. Nah, Sarah, it looked fine. We can move on. Um, 
Yeah, I actually kind of liked it in the in the very <laughs> first scene when she does it in the house when she shoots the gun and it shoots like where she points it, but then it get kicks back and she's like shooting the ceiling. I was like, yeah, that's like that's how it would happen. Like the very first time you shoot a super high powered mm. machine gun, it would probably not work the way you think it does. I never have, but I assume that's probably what happens. Yeah, and especially one handed. Yeah, totally. And and <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, she like her character shouldn't have a an you know good operational understanding of this weaponry. So it makes sense in both cases that her like firing yeah. pattern would be bad or whatever. This shot in the warehouse that I'm talking about, my problem with it is that it looks like the way she moves the gun through the air is like totally unrealistic to be a firing automatic weapon that's being held with one hand. It just doesn't look it doesn't look right. It's like, yeah, and it's so off because the first time was good and realistic. And also that should Mm -hmm. be like she should be better the second time she tries it. You know what I mean? Like she should be prepared for that now. Yeah, yeah for real. A little bit. Oh, the also the one of the dudes she shoots is just it's some phenomenal like acting of like mm-hmm. oh, I'm being sprayed with bullets. <laughs> I mean the the jarring like hand gestures he's doing is just <sighs> all oh, the oh god wiggle wiggle oh man jazz hands it, yes the problem one of the other problems with this movie is that it has a really low budget. Which is not in and of itself a problem. There are a no. ton of low budget movies that are great. I, I think Primer was made for like 20 grand, which is crazy. But you have to acknowledge the limitations of what you have and kind of like scale stuff down. Mm-hmm. But this movie didn't want to do that. It wanted to be like a big budget sci fi movie. So instead of having like that warehouse scene, it's like three guys that storm the room in this warehouse and like two SUVs that are normal plain SUVs that aren't even like dirtied up. They're just like rental US or rental SUVs that have like a decal on the side. You know what I mean? Or like the the mm-hmm. the operations room for the Humanity Bureau is just like 15 people. You know, it's like two actors and like 13 extras mm-hmm. and like a flat screen TV mounted to a white brick wall. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny because you at the end when it's like going, oh, the revolution's happening. And it goes back to that that room mm-hmm. with all the computer monitors. And it's like it takes literally everybody that was dressed in black in this movie and just puts them <laughs> right behind the shot. monitors in like, yeah. in like a tight little V. Just and they're just like staring in awe as they watch Ugh. monitors of people rioting. Well, because yeah. they know the truth, and it's just it just looks silly because everybody's just kind of squeezed in there. Yeah, it just looks silly. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, the way they present the Humanity Bureau itself in this movie makes it seem like so underfunded and whack. Like, uh, like you said, like when they storm, they storm the like warehouse to like get them or whatever. There's like five guys, like five guys in one truck. Like that. I'm sorry. This is a one SUV operation. Like you have a rogue agent who has uncovered your deepest, darkest secret. And you believe that if he reveals it, 
it will ignite a revolution that will your entire government will be overthrown. And your proportionate response to that is to put five dudes in a truck and just send them into the desert. Like <laughs> you put yeah. you put five guys in like a 2014 Yukon. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody else is wrangling the um, seven oh, million people into a gas chamber. Yeah, I, like. The Des Moines Police Department has, has yeah. more impressive arsenal at their disposal yeah. than this fucking special ops oh, group God. does. So right, a local PD, like a yeah, like a fifteen thousand town, fifteen thousand population town police department is ten times more advanced than the Humanity Bureau is. Yeah, his 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 like car that he's driving is a is a charger which like or no no not charger sorry el camino. Uh, el, el camino and el camino which yeah, char- i mean it, they did they did add that cool like cattle like pusher in the front <laughs> i'm sorry the cattle catcher is Cat- catcher? is not cool it um, ruins the lines of the well agree disagree um and another yeah. another budgetary thing that i, mean, I noticed was <laughs> i there's uh, there's just something about the way that in car shots are framed or just like lit or something that made me s- extremely aware that I was just looking at actors in a car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yes. I, it's like the green screen sort of thing or, or uh, projector. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like it's not um, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, I think and, I think I have something in my notes about but it. But like, there's sometimes when <laughs> movies have definitely done this with the CGI background out the windows and stuff, and it's looked okay, like it's looked yeah. fine. But I don't know what it was about this. Maybe it's because all of the car shots were just like dead center. Well, now here's a somewhat natural transition into uh, our favorite place to go. Which is back there behind the scenes. Ooh, you want to take a you want to take um, a quick vacation back there. Yeah, I mean this is okay. So this is uh, something that I learned after viewing the film. Of course, I always like want to be doing this research, you know, so as to not spoil the film for me. Although, like with this one, who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, are you gentlemen familiar with Barco Escape? Not off the top of my head, no. Uh, it is a defunct multi-screen video format. I am not aware of Barco Escape or whatever you just said. Wait, okay, wait. so this was set up to be a competitor to IMAX. Okay. And what it is, is three movie screens. This is my understanding of it. Three movie screens in a wedge formation. Your main movie screen that's straight on and then a full size movie screen on either side angled back towards the side walls of the theater. That's kind of cool. So it makes all the shots very wide. And this film is one of the few films that was shot natively in the format. So the entire movie was shot to with this format in mind, which... After learning that, it does make me look back on a lot of my criticisms on like all the long drawn out yeah. shots, and the, the, I, it, I maybe I'm way off base. I'm speculating that maybe that's a part of the reason why the interior of the car 
shots look so weird. Like maybe we're not seeing on the DVD the full picture. Maybe <laughs> there's a whole, you know, green screened background out to the side of the cars. We're not getting the director's full vision is what you're trying to say here. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, because we cannot see this in Barco Escape because it is defunct <laughs> and all of the theaters uh, that carried it uh, no longer do. So they were literally trying to to launch an IMAX competitor. And this was what they picked? Not launch, because also this is to your point about them biting off more than they could chew i think in terms of the allocation mm -hmm. of their budget and what they were trying to make this movie into the other movies that included this technology were uh the first one to be released was the maze runner there's mm -hmm. 10 minutes in the maze runner that uses this technology probably looked great there was it was used for 10 minutes in the maze runner 20 minutes in maze runner the scorch trials oh both of them cool and 20 minutes in uh star trek beyond and those probably oh. all looked fucking awesome yeah yes and then there's uh six films if you count a Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga cheek to cheek live as a film which i uh -huh. i would count it more as an experience uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Especially that with, also, what was this called? Uh, Barco Escape. Yep. Not great branding, guys. Barco Escape. No, when you said it, I thought it was a movie, and then I went and maybe thought it was an escape room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Both better guesses than. Yeah. So and then so uh, beyond this movie and the Lady Gaga life experience, we had the Recall, Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain, The Hell Within and distorted another film from uh the recall and distorted are both the same production company and i know distorted is the same director as well oh interesting so so this studio was kind of championing this format mm. and uh well it wasn't a success wow there's something so interesting to me i don't know what it is um but i i guess maybe it's just i enjoy the hubris of it I love seeing these massive, like, um, financial and corporate undertakings just fucking tank. There's something about it where I'm just like, hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, well, I mean, when you just like, I'm just picturing three screens, one, you know, s you know, two coming off the su the main one in the middle and like it kind of goes past mm -hmm. your field of vision, kind of immersing you into it. But IMAX is like. A, like a curved screen that is also like three fucking stories tall. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, ar it's already like a lot. It's already nauseating to look at. Yeah. I don't it's think I'd want more kind of to, to go through the whole movie. And I can't imagine taking IMAX to another level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I myself am not a fan of IMAX. I don't enjoy a film experience where I have to move my head <laughs> to, to like get, everything yes you, you yeah, know what yeah. i mean it's yeah. like in, in a normal movie theater even one with a pretty large screen you can just move your eyes around and like be fine unless you're in the front row uh, unless you're in the front row but hey yeah we're we're not we're not perverts here we don't sit in the front row <laughs> so hey, wait do you 
Do you sit in the front row because you're an exhibitionist and you want people to see you masturbate? Or ah, <laughs> like, wow, that sucks. Or is that or is that just a benefit? I was just <laughs> trying to say the word pervert because I think it's funny, but boy, in a movie theater, it does have other connotations, doesn't it? <laughs> hot hot takes. Ooh, hot, hot takes. takes. <laughs> Take that, IMAX in first row perverts. Yeah, you fucking freaks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? If you don't like it, tweet at me. <laughs> How you like me now? Let's talk about it. If you if, if you want to come to sitting in the front row's defense, by all means, yeah, let's have a discussion. Don't at me. At, at them. At them. <laughs> at them. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else from behind the scenes, honestly. Yeah, um, me neither, oh, really. fuck. I didn't even try. It has a 25... 25 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is high, because that means 25% of them thought it was good. 25% of movie critics, right? Yes. You're talking about the critic meter? Yeah. Yeah. That does seem high. Right? Hmm. I mean, the thing is, a lot of movies get reviewed, you know, with the... You're trying so hard to be generous to this. Well, no, no, no. It's like uh, what I'm saying is people go into reviewing certain films with the like they already know kind of about like, you know, it's like a reviewer Mm -hmm. sits down to watch this and they know that it's like an action dystopian Mm sci-fi movie that had a low budget and stars our favorite boy, Nick Cage. Our favorite boy. And, And they'll in their reviews, they'll be like. Yeah, so all of that stuff kind of sucks. But considering yeah. that it's this is one of those movies, it was pretty good. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, like, trying to use the Rotten Tomatoes system when it's like people review movies wildly differently. Like, yeah. some people are just completely objective in everything that they film. And then some people, like have a blog where they review B-horror movies and they're like, this was great. And it probably was because B-horror is awesome. But if yeah. you're going to view it objectively compared to like a clockwork orange. Right. You I, know. Uh, I always and think that others, th- others just have a podcast about Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> the true heroes. I, I've always thought, and we're getting way off topic here, I think, but I've always thought that the, the best way to review a f- film or to review anything is not to, I guess, say what your subjective enjoyment was, but to try to analyze what it's trying to do and then gauge how good it does that. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't say I hate Die Hard or Die Hard is a bad movie because I hate action movies. You would say, you know, I I thought it was a bad movie (laughs) because it's trying to be an action movie and it was bad. I would say it's a bad Christmas movie because it doesn't have <laughs> hardly any Christmas in it at all. There's no Santa. Um, yeah. Yeah. But count zero reindeer. Yeah. I think. But yeah. So I think I always think that's the best way to do it is to try to figure out what it's trying to do and then say, OK, how well did how well did it accomplish that? And I think that this movie was trying to be like a big budget thought for not big budget, but like big spectacly thought provoking political commentary and i don't think it did any of those things very well you know what i mean that's like how i'm kind of viewing this yeah mm-hmm. uh, i agree but by those metrics i would consider this movie a failure certainly yeah i wasn't a big fan it didn't like it doesn't hold your attention very well 
Um, mm. Mostly because there's a lot of like in between scenes where there's just people sitting in a car. Mm-hmm. And I get this is supposed to be some sort of character development, but it is just not not a lot of chemistry there. And it just seems kind of boring and bland. Um, and then then everything that's political commentary is just so on the nose. So heavy handed. It, it just, yeah, it, it's just like, it's like Melania Trump slapping Trump's hand away when she, he tries to hold her hand. I just said hands a lot, but... <laughs> this movie is like it's like a person born with hands for with bricks for hands like it's that yeah. heavy handed it's it's just it bludgeons you with the point and not even that it also uh, bludgeons you with like the plot right it just like it smashes the plot into your face and all the character development like the scene early on with the gas station scene when the gas station guy the one who had like a crutch he's like yeah. he's like Say, sir, are you a good family man? Like, apropos of nothing, just bust this out. And Nick Cage goes, well, I'm trying to be. And I was like, okay, (laughs) thanks for telling me that. I'm so glad that you brought up the gas station attendant man. Juicy mouth. (laughs) Because this this scene... This scene had me vocally angry. Like, like Nick Cage threatens to shoot him in the dick and then tells him, like, well, I'm going to rob you of all your gasoline. And then the gas station attendant is just, like, not only cool with it Mm -hmm. because he's like, are you a family man? He, like, smashes his truck, thereby effectively ending his own life into a humanity bureau truck to help them escape. And I'm just like, what is this character's motive? Like he, he, he just threatened to shoot you in the dick and robbed you. And you asked him one question and he gave you kind of a half answer. (laughs) And that was enough to make you sacrifice your life. And then in the last, in the next scene, Nick Cage is asked, were you going to actually kill that man? And he's like, well, I made him think I would. Yeah, he like, thought so. Yeah, it's like, that is not a good answer. Also not a like, good answer, <laughs> I'm trying to teach my son the good life lessons. You don't have to actually kill them. You just have to make them think you're willing to. See, it just makes me think of a of a, of a uh, another Nick Cage movie in Raising Arizona where he's like, I just never had the gun loaded, you know? So what? <laughs> what did you guys like about this movie? If you had to give it good, if you had to give it good um, compliments, couldn't think of that word. What, what uh, would you? <laughs> okay, um, what would you I'm say? gonna go to my notes. I have a few. For this real quick. I got one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, our new segment: good compliments for the Humanity Bureau. <laughs> Let's get into this one. Our, our new segment: good compliments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one thing I did like in this movie. Uh, Oh man, you know the bad guy's bad when he opens up a can of tin fish and then eats it with his hands and then puts his glove back on. (laughs) I laughed really hard at that. And then when the kid was like, I've got a recital. And then (laughs) I was just thinking like the the glove, the glove, putting the glove back on. You didn't even wash your hand. Oh (laughs) that that glove is ruined. That is unspeakably foul. He is the evilest man. (laughs) And it's like it's so old and like dirty. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just it made me laugh so fucking hard. I was like, that no wonder he's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have yeah, I have continue. one that is it's not actually a good thing, it's a joke, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um <laughs> that kid it's a good thing he practiced because that kid really nailed his fucking recital. <laughs> they they mentioned multiple times that he's practicing for a recital tomorrow. And the, what they do is they sing the Pledge of Allegiance or they sing the they sing Amazing Grace. And then he gives his solo is just the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I'm pretty it. sure it wasn't even like the whole what the whole no. pledge. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he practiced was the Pledge of Allegiance. And then later <laughs> Nick's like, I thought you did great. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I okay, that was another one in my notes that I was like, oh, this can go on the good side. Because <laughs> my first thought was like, shit, at least it's not a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they hire the kid actor? And they were like, I like this kid. And then they were like, this is the part where you sing. And he was like, I can't sing. And they were like, fuck. No, uh, no that, we already that shot was his... the scenes where we said you were going to. <laughs> that so. was the trial. We already shot the we already shot the roof fall, and that was pretty no, expensive. It was it was a little different than that. When he goes into audition, it was just to do the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and they were like, Nailed it. This boy's gold. Well, you know the whole thing, so come on in. <laughs> Might have to cut a little bit out of it, but uh, okay. Let know. me let me look at my notes. <laughs> Movie's long enough. Let me look at my notes really quick <laughs> and find an actually good thing because that doesn't count. Um, okay, this scene when the villain was threatening the guy in the elevator, I thought he was killing it. I thought he was fantastic. I actually thought he was a really good actor. Uh, yeah. I mean, it. You know, we said earlier that none of us really cared for for this character this role or whatever I, I i don't think that that was through any fault of uh of of the actor Hugh yeah Dillon. i thought he was great he, uh, yeah. he he seemed competent good uh i i'd say the same about sarah lynn she seemed mm-hmm. uh you know like she was doing her best with a role that just wasn't really that mm-hmm. developed even even nick like i don't think that nick was really like trying that hard well yeah shit. i don't know Boy, i feel I like know. we watched jujitsu last week maybe maybe it's in comparison it seems fine I, but. I, I this movie didn't mandy yeah. come out in 2018 didn't mandy come out the same year this movie did he can do mandy Oof. and then yeah, turn around like, and do this yeah like no like he, I, I thought i mean and again a lot of it is on the script for him he had different hair. For, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all the uh, okay. shoe polish soaked into his brain. An, yeah. Another, just <laughs> Damn one, it. I got one more thing. that You po- took away the me. only nice thing I had to say, uh, which is that his cool hair dye made him look really young. Don't you guys think? Yeah, but then they he shaves the very back of it, so it just it's always above his collar, and it just looks odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's because it's a wig or something. Uh, Nick Cage keeps showing everybody throughout this movie a picture of a lake in Canada. Yes. And everybody seems to know exactly which Mm -hmm. lake it is. Does that not seem strange to you? I guess I hadn't thought about that. But it does seem like like the Humanity Bureau guy knows what that means. 
Yeah, but it's no. He shows it to literally. Everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's right. just a folded up postcard of a lake. A lake, not like a, a like a skyline of a like a a church steeple next to a lake where you're like, oh, I remember that like that small town. Oh, okay. No, it is a fucking lake. <laughs> it's a random la- It's a random ass lake up in Canada. Yeah, and it's everybody's just like, you ain't gonna get there no more. And also, lakes don't exist anymore. Oh, Johnny. By the way, I guess I actually do have a behind the scenes thing. While we're still, I think, technically in that segment. Um, sure. This this is a Canadian movie. It sure felt that way, Did guys. Did you guys know that? This, <laughs> hey? is, this is a Canadian movie. The antagonist and the love interest lady and uh, probably the kid, they're all Canadian actors. And the director is and it was all shot in Canada. And, oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. That's amazing. Which is well, weird because it's such a just a direct commentary on America. It would be like if we, like if a low-budget sci-fi team made a movie about how shitty Canada is. Well, is hey. It, isn't that called Canadian bacon? <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Wait a minute. I know. Which, like, I don't disagree with anything they said, but something about that is like, hey, fuck you, man. Yeah, now I'm pissed. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like when you are like, God, my brother is such an asshole. But then when someone else is like, yeah, your brother sucks, you're like, hey, watch it, man. That's my brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get oh, it. damn it. Wow. Well, you know, it's it's good to hear it from someone close to us. I really. Yeah. Like if it's going to be anybody. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought of something good that yeah. I liked about this movie. I liked the although they were a little out of place i liked the uh weird mad max family that they visit <laughs> i yeah. forgot about them the germans yeah i liked uh yeah. i liked you know it's a bit character but i thought that was a pretty interesting archetype they kind of you know touch on yeah. his backstory that he was just like he was in america tr- like visiting on he vacation. was like on a vacation with his parents when shit hit the fan and people started eating babies or whatever so the ti- okay the timeline's a little murky okay. yeah but, you, you but see, he got stuck in america was, and now he's like a wasteland boy it's it's awesome yeah, it's pretty cool I for- yeah god i forgot that there was like quite a bit of like just cannibal talk um yeah they, a they, lot they, of they, talk they tell they definitely don't show in this but um uh, i just like so okay he's he's got children of his own mm-hmm. and they seem like you know they're older than ten, so like mm-hmm. it just seems like he's been there for a while, like a long while. Well, when did this stuff start happening? The thing is that he mentions. I'm remembering now that once in the movie when they're bartering for the car, Nick Cage does say they haven't made new vehicles in thirty years. And That's I, what I remember I'm thinking. thinking it was really weird because yeah, he, well, it can't be twenty thirty then because he specifically Correct. says. They haven't made new vehicles. And I remember thinking, that's a weird word to use there. Like, just say say cars. (laughs) Well, we know they don't make boats because there's no more lakes. lakes. Also, when you show a a dried up, like, riverbed or lake. No budget. Couldn't do it. If you just have. No, but if you just show, like, a, you know, just a bunch of dirt, but throw some, like, old fish in there. Those fish would be long gone. They'd be skeletons by the time, you know, it's like, so they came from something. Where did the water go? 
So they do have water, <laughs> and it but occasionally it pools, but the only thing that it has is trash and radioactive stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it blew me away because it's like, pick a, pick a lane. It's like, you know, yeah, they want to make it so it's just 10 years in the future, so it's more ominous, mm-hmm. and you think, wow, this this could really happen. Like, what is, wait, it's happening now. <gasps> It's, Did I blow your mind while you're folding laundry? Oh my god! <laughs> Did you? It's happening don't now. Worry, the Patriot you, Act was is was an infringement on your real. Like, it's not your, about patriotism at all. It's not about patriotism. It's, like it is, it's about surveillance. I do. God I do like damn the theory it. that this movie is made for people folding laundry, which is why it repeats stuff so much. Because like, in case <laughs> you missed it, like, don't worry, mm-hmm. we'll catch you up. Sometimes um, when you're washing dishes, it gets loud. Yeah. Did you run down to the basement to flip the next load? <laughs> Don't worry. You didn't miss anything. Um, no. <laughs> I just feel I, the, the problem with the movie is that it's not patient enough, I think. Was, because it's was, like, that seg- was that segment just patronize or patronize your audience? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, <laughs> it's just not patient uh, enough in that like. It's just it sets these ideas up and then pays them off way too fast. Like it it couldn't even tease the new Eden thing for more than like 15 minutes. Like as soon as I mean, it's all but confirmed when Nick Cage looks at the memory stick and says, what have we done when yeah. he's reading the information about new Eden? Like, well, couldn't you have yes. just had the shot of him from behind like it is? He says, what am I looking at? And it says New Eden, and then it cuts away. No, yeah. it has to have him go. Oh my God! I mean, just the core conceit of this movie—that he's this agent for this bureau that is discovering these horrible things that they're doing—and mm. it's all news to him. Like when the guy he interviews the like old governor of Colorado or whatever in the like shitty hotel. I haven't even talked about the that guys. Part. The guys like I know the truth, and Nick Cage is like what truth and at first because this is only like five minutes into the movie i was like "Ooh, nick cage is kind of like a bad guy he's like he's being like what truth we don't we're not hiding anything mm, but then that's yeah. not it he just genuinely <laughs> is like what? wait a minute what are you talking about it's like dude you you know there's not enough food or water yeah you're a guy who hauls off people that society labels unproductive. You take them to a place called New Eden where all of the good things are. It's just like, <laughs> what Who? What fucking idiot couldn't figure out that yeah. they're killing the people? No, and, and he's, he's just, he has no backs, he has no, like, character backstory. And I, and I don't mean that that is shown in the movie. I mean that like exists before the movie. Like, let me let me try and think of how to actually articulate this thought. It's like, okay, thank you, Sam. <laughs> That's my cat. Um, it's like when you see a character in a movie, they feel in a good movie, they feel kind of lived in. Like you feel like this is a person who has had a life, who has seen things yeah. and had experiences and has formed biases and. Jesus, Sam. I'm making a really good point here, Kat. Um, and his, like, has <laughs> prejudice. No, that's not a... No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not a shelf. That's not a cat stable shelf. Come here. I guess I'll just take the wheel here. I think the point that Josh is making <laughs> is that... Uh, 
in this movie, none of those things apply. I, you are introduced to Nick Cage's character, and it feels like you we're seeing the first day of his life. You know, yeah, okay. and that's a big problem. <sighs> Don't you. worry, buddy. I, I got your back. I took I took over for you. He did have um he did have a couple like you know flashbacks where it's just like him on the edge of a dock, mm-hmm. but. That's it. That's the only well, like, mention his of his childhood. childhood. It's like literally his whole character is like a one swimming lesson. And then it's like he had that and then like it's just a white void. And then he just woke up in this like car outside of this guy's hotel room. And that's it. <gasps> Except that he fucked some lady and then just fucked right off. And that's not explained. <laughs> Well, and I, okay, because I have that in my notes too. She tells him the story of like how she, like, you know, Lucas's actual mom was like going to sell him to be eaten by someone, yes. and she didn't yes. cotton to that. So she took up fisticuffs against the biological mother. And an accident happened, she says. Yeah. She died. She took over Just as the wild. mother. Mm-hmm. She she tells him this story, and he's like starts crying. And I'm just like, You fucking monster. How yeah. dare you presume to have feelings for any of these people, including your yeah. son, that you fucking super abandoned. And like Okay, maybe the conceit is supposed to be that he didn't know about the kid and only because, okay, you know, earlier in the movie when he pulls up to the farmhouse, he like looks at the yeah. picture. He's like, show me the picture of the people I'm interviewing. And it shows it. And he he goes like, oh, right. man. So like maybe in that moment, he's like, I know her. I fucked her once. I didn't know there's a kid. But like his reaction isn't strong enough to really give that. Like, if, if he was just finding out about a son that he didn't know he had, he wouldn't then be able to just be like, I'm just going to calmly go into this house and not let on to the fact that I know that you've assumed this woman's identity right. and that this is my son that I didn't know. It's like either he knew about the kid and didn't do yeah. anything to help him for 11 years or he's so emotionally stunted that when he finds out he's a father, he's just like, well, let's fucking it, lie it, to these people. It would for work a while, if right? we were told that he's like a hardcore company man. You know what I mean? Like if we were told that like he is a true believer in the humanity bureau, like hardcore. Mm-hmm. He's known like, for really cracking down. Or like Yeah, he's like the worst one. Yeah. Even step it up. Like well, he's in line for a promotion. Well, that's true. Which yeah. just seems which yeah, which is an like, idea that he seems to hate, though. He's yeah, like, he's just oh. like, he's like, I, dude, I already have like a fucking Monet in my goddamn room, like my living room. <laughs> I like that. Where actually. I just throw fucking fishing lines at. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so he clearly doesn't care about the art. He's just like in the art of the cast. And he's just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And it's like, okay. You like art? <laughs> check out check out this cast. <laughs> I'll show you some art, Monet. Look at this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just... He already makes a lot of money, right? Like, a- evidence to his li- living lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Can't afford a swimming pool, but he can afford super rare art. Yeah. And coffee. Yes, and, and, like, water and stuff. 
Well, he said that was a gift. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he gave... that was his friend. His his bald friend gave him that. It's like well, some coffee. Yeah. I mean, even if something is a gift, if it's valuable and you don't have to sell it to make ends meet, then in a sense, you can afford it, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Sure. I guess, yeah. I don't know. He's got a fucking Monet painting hanging on his wall. He Which can't... made me think money doesn't matter in this world. It's or like Or Monet doesn't matter. Out... Monet doesn't <laughs> matter. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for us folks. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, the wheels on this bus have fallen off. I mean, just boy, they kind of have. We went to the behind the scenes, and then this movie just grabbed us and dragged us, kicking and kicking and screaming back into it. I mean, yeah, it's just it plays Nick Cage's character so inconsistently, right? It's like at the very beginning of this movie, he it's like he's just learning about the Humanity Bureau that he works for, and apparently is like fairly high up in. And he's yeah. and he in the first conversation he has with um, uh, Westinghouse, the antagonist, he's like showing very clear doubts about the whole thing in the first yeah. conversation they have. So there's not like a turn. He just has doubts about what he does and then has them the whole time and then he gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. I'd say that about sums it up. So now it's time we move on to the hardest question of all questions. (laughs) If you could recast the Nick Cage role in this movie with any actor or actress from any time period, who would it be and why? I have my answer. Would you guys like to go first if you have yours? Or if you want to take a few minutes, we can pause. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I fucking... I didn't totally even, space yeah, thinking about that. I didn't even we think can, about it. We can it. take a minute, guys. Just, just. Uh, <sighs> what actor do I dislike enough to put them into this? Let role? the rolodex of your mind just spin, and then, like, 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 well, spin I, the globe and just put your finger wherever it lands. I, I mean, you know, if you're gonna say like historically, someone you wouldn't mind being seen being never. I can't even say the joke. It's bad. This movie wasn't good. How about this? How about this? I have an idea. I have random actor generator pulled up here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up a movie for Sean first or an actor for Sean first. And Sean, you're going to tell me why they would be good in this movie. Ready? All right. Okay. Don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess. I was gonna be surprised. I was gonna be surprised if you were just like, <laughs> it's just like okay. Jaden Pinkett Smith, Zach, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. All right, okay. I think he could bring a lot of humor to this uh, this movie. Actually, this should be just be the segment. I just, <laughs> it's like, um, it seems more fun. I just, I mean, after after seeing a lot of baskets, I know he has range, right? Mm-hmm. And. I've never seen him in like a real sci-fi role, right? So I really think this would be a good branch out as well as like, you know, I think he could just be like, you know, just like play the stupidness of this character. Like he is, he's just working, he's just working his job and he doesn't really, like it it, it brings out just a justification of like his 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 
lack of engagement in like just sending people to a death camp. Yeah. As well as he might have some good yuck ups along the that's way. That's such a good that's and, such a good point, Sean. Cause I was just thinking like Abe Lincoln, and then that was just like a bad that was just a bad joke. That was just a I'm, bad joke. And if I'm 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 being <laughs> dead, dead serious when I say that's a good point. The problem is like his lack of engagement in what he does. He just does his job and doesn't seem to care, which a lot of us do. But like, how is that your job when you're like deporting people to a death camp? How is that like? You just don't. You just don't even think about it. You just fall into that job. Anyway, but you could yeah. you could bring some like more sorrow to it yeah. as well. Like, I mean, which I just feel like if if like Nick Cage rewatched this movie and it was like. I'm sure he had notes, right? Like of his own ability in this situation, like maybe emote more in certain places or maybe like, you know, not bring up the yuck ups but I mean, the, this movie would have benefited from a blooper. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I mean, I, you think every movie would, and it, he's always right. Okay. Jeff, yeah. <laughs> Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to be clear, I did click through a few because I got like a guy from the Dirty Dozen and I was like, I don't he's I don't know him. And then I got Toshiro Mufune from like a bunch of Kurosawa movies. And I was like, I don't want to do that one either. And I got Russell Brand. So that's the one we're on. I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> what, what do you want me to say here? What are we doing? <laughs> this segment. I can keep tell going, you, man. Oh my god! I mean, there's definitely a puncture wound in a uh, puncture in our uh, gas tank. In this Tyree, thing. oh, oh, oh. Spit. Oscar Isaac. And Oscar there you go. Hand Isaac. me that one on a silver platter. How many uh, times did you click that button? Well, I got a couple other ones. I did get Tyrese, which I thought about throwing your way. He actually might not be bad either. I mean. I okay here I I would like Oscar Isaac in the role of the uh villain. I think that Oscar oh. Isaac uh does a great job of being menacing in um oh, not AI. Ex Machina. Yeah. He he's excellent as a villain in that film. I think that oh. he has a uh quiet anger that he can bring to roles that that would be really nice uh also he's he's, very he's, handsome, he's a fun to look at that's for man. sure hmm. hmm i like that i i like the idea that like what if the humanity bureau was just all clones and he was playing all the parts <laughs> oh god sorry that hurt my See, brain for a second I'm sorry. What you're doing is you're taking this dumb, bad movie that offers nothing original or interesting. Well, like, because it it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be both. It doesn't have to be clones either. So, like, what we were talking about, like, Nick Cage, like, having, like, large periods of his life not just be existent. Like, it's just him fly fishing (sighs) in his living room. And then occasionally... so maybe he was just a clone and his like has no memory and then yeah and that's why he's so good at his job man real hard boiled situation um yeah like in hard boiled Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's my new headcanon for this movie. <laughs> Will that headcanon make it an intriguing enough concept for you to watch this movie again? No. <laughs> Just no. the scoff. The no. Yeah. <laughs> Come no, me, me neither, probably, unless, you know, it's laundry day. I was never going to watch this movie again until it was just, I mean, legally I had to do it. Yeah, we are <laughs> contr- we are contractually. In case you guys didn't notice, this actually is court appointed. Yeah. <laughs> this is our community service. In the court of cage, no one wins. Yeah, after we burned down the rec center. Um, so... <laughs> Wait, I, is that I, why I, we got got this penalty? The like, punishment fits got the crime. <laughs> oh, that's pretty wasted. So I'm sorry. I I um I do like what you said though, Jeffrey. You said it doesn't have to be both original and interesting, but it does have to be one of those two things. And you're right. <laughs> totally. You're right. It's not either. Like it's not. This idea is Soylent Green. Right, it is. Yeah, but if Soylent Green said um, it was people at the beginning of the movie, yeah, yeah, everybody was talking about like, wow, I sure love these Soylent Green bars. By the way, have you seen a bunch of our friends and family? Have you heard this people? Oh my god, I love these Soylent Green. Oh, there's oh, there's a finger in this. It says on this wrapper, (laughs) it's made of people. And and Soylent Green at least sets up the thing where it's because they're mm. being used for food it's creating <laughs> sustenance that allows the society con- to continue mm. limping along in this movie the conceit is just like new eden they just go to a cool fun beach resort i mean what do they tell these people that new eden is they, they have brochures they, they don't even make that clear there's brochures about it but they don't really show you or yeah. tell you what it's supposed to be is it a work thing like they don't, yeah. you know, they they could say it's like it's a place where employment is guaranteed. And although your productivity rating is low, New Eden will get you into shape. And, you know, you'll it's like they, they don't even tell you what it's supposed to be. And if that's yeah. the case, why isn't everybody trying to go there? Like if it is like a, a great yeah. this this uh, paradise that they're trying to like posit it is to all these people. Why don't people want to go? Yeah, See, everyone hates the why idea of it. Why They'd couldn't, rather uh, live in squalor? Yeah, why couldn't New Eden just be like a mining colony on like a fucking and- asteroid or something? Yeah. Like they're sending people to the moon. <laughs> like Make it, yeah, make it like something bad, but not as bad as we find out it is. Yeah, it, 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 and that's exactly what an actual tyrannical yeah. fascist dictatorship would do. They, they have yes. to sell a lie that people can swallow. Like you can't. You know, people are dumb, but they're not that fucking dumb. Exactly. People would piece it together after their friends and family didn't write. I mean, yeah. But um, well, and, and like you said, it's not even really an issue of whether the people are dumb enough or not. It's like you can't make it a carrot. It has to be a stick because if yeah. everyone wants to go there, then you have to be like. Yeah, should people be lined up every- outside fighting to get in? Oh god, this movie and, sucks. And ass. here's here's another fucking problem with this movie. <laughs> well, while we're just gonna just keep on rambling on this. Um so the message of the movie is that you shouldn't judge people harshly because they're not economically productive. Right? So the idea I think that it should be showing us, or that it wants kind of to be showing us, is that like people can be productive in other ways. 
right? Or that the Humanity Bureau is misjudging these people, right? But it doesn't really do that. You know, there should be scenes where Nick Cage is like, oh, wow, these people are, you know, they provide value to each other and themselves in ways that aren't strictly monetary, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. a bunch of artists or whatever, or like some kind of communal thing where they're helping each other out. But none of that ever happens. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much just like his is like, well, yeah, it'd be it'd be good if they worked harder, but they probably don't deserve to die. (laughs) That's it. it. That's the whole thing. But so. Good. Yeah. Another another part is just this movie like. It wants to, like, you know, be a little bit of everything where it's like, yeah, radiation's bad. Um, polluting the environment's bad. And, yes, these things are, are bad. As same thing with a tyrannical government. But it is, like, the little bit of everything and, like, not enough of, like, just, like, a solid, like, villain. Because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, big cities are still, like, kind of thriving, right? People are living in a city. But we're just killing out all the people that live in like where farmland used to be. And I just don't see why there's a value in doing that. You need people to mine those salt mines and you need people to like, I don't know, like shovel radiation. I don't know what they do, (laughs) but well, they don't do anything. It's like, they just hang out in the lobby of the weird hotel and watch TV. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all we ever see. But yeah, they like drink. No, they just drink their own piss TV and like slack jawed. Well, well, there's only <laughs> one city. Like the the outsider people don't have like they never show, even like a town. It's just like a toxic, like wasteland dotted with farmsteads. It's mm. like, well, of course they don't have jobs. There's no people there to provide services or goods mm. to because they're all they all went to New Eden. Can we make yeah. going to New Eden slang for just dying? Can that just be like yeah. a, a turn of phrase? Yeah, I'd like to propose that we go ahead and send this episode to New Eden. What do you guys <laughs> I, think? Uh, do you, oh, wait, yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me get mine. Let me get my actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Owen ooh. Wilson. I think it goes, I think it explains itself. Uh, yeah. It would be incredible. So, anyway. I don't know. I mean... I guess, like, if we really had to pick one. Oh, yeah. One actor. By all means. I mean, one actor. Uh, I'm not going to long-wind it. I'd just say, like, Kurt Russell. Yeah. I And again. Maybe get again, a... Maybe still good. Uh, I just... I don't know. Like, yeah. Christmas Chronicles 2 just came out, and him and Goldie Hawn are playing the, like, titular Mrs. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Ooh, Mrs. and Mrs. Claus? Hot take. Wow. I love it. 2020 uh, coming at you. So this is actually a pretty nice and uh, natural transition into talk of holiday cheer. By the time you're hearing this episode, those jingle bells are going to be in the air. So (laughs) I'm going to propose, as far as I know, uh, without doing any deep research, we have have two choices for our holiday special. Yeah. And they are... Trapped in Paradise and the animated A Christmas Carol, which I could not find. By guys, I've been looking for that one. Oh, I've got it, baby. You haven't? Oh, oh I've got it, baby. <laughs> you, okay, you well, just become George Costanza. <laughs> oh, I've got uh, it, baby. Long, a long, long time ago. 
let's do. That's accurate. That is very accurate. Hold on a sec. Uh, you should see this man with a refrigerator. He gets all horned up. <laughs> when did he do? When was the Christmas Carol movie? Two thousand and one. I want to say. That's hey, a long time I, ago. Yeah, but like, come on, Trapped in Paradise. Like that is the superior one of choices. He plays I'd Marley. Who's that even? Nick Cage is Marley. Marley is the ghost that died before. He was Scrooge's business partner, right? Oh, that sounds that's right. right. So that's a bit part, dudes. So, like, I mean, he's like the guy that's like, you'll better be visited by three ghosts. Yes. Right? No, Am I thinking that you're right? You're 100% Marley. right. Um, so you're... Ninety percent right. I don't want to commit that hard. So, so trapped in paradise. Oh, that one's yeah. great. It's uh, <laughs> and by great, I mean it's it's a it's a good old fashioned comedy, wackadoo There's comedy. There's probably gonna be some of, uh, problematic things in that. Uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, you guys. I I you know I'm I'm gonna uh, be looking forward to getting my spirits lifted after after jujitsu into this one was it was it yeah, tough? Yeah, that's a double. So, that's a double. Yeah, okay. Like you Here's say a, we got to space oh, out you the think good ones, guys, but like, come on, man. At what cost? Can I? Can I just say, if you're saying that's a tough sell, here's a tough sell. Nick Cage, <laughs> John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey are brothers. <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, I'm looking forward to let's, it. Let's, Roll let's credits. Take a prediction right now. Which do you guys think he's the oldest, middlest, or youngest? I honestly can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's oldest. He's, I'm gonna guess guys, middlest. I'm, he's absolutely. He's got to be youngest. Nick Cage cannot play Dana Carvey's older brother. <laughs> I don't know. He was old and uh, he peeped. Played the father of someone who he was younger than. In, yeah. Uh, well, Peggy Sue he's got, got rage. That's true. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah. I, I, I've oh, got a yeah, sign off yeah. question for you guys, actually. One one last thing related to the movie here. So uh, in the scene where they're driving. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Yep. And it's a lot, uh, it's a lot of them. The kid's asleep in the back seat. The mom has a line. When he twitches like that, it means he's dreaming. Fucking <laughs> what? <laughs> That's because you you're imprinting that same thing into your do- like from your dog. You're just like Thanks for listening. Don't worry, this will be short. If you enjoy the podcast and want updates, check us out on Twitter. We're at Atwack Podcast. That's A-T-W-A-C podcast for all the world's a cage also review us on itunes if you use that or recommend us to a friend well ask if they like nick cage first and then ask if they like podcasts and then recommend us thanks again